0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 1014 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, September the 7th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com. And on today's show, it is Locked On Raptors tradition as the host of Locked On Cavs. Chris Manning joins me for one of our biannual, I guess you could say, trips around the Eastern Conference. Just kind of handicapping teams vibing through the East, as Chris Manning might say. It's a lot of fun. These goes back to the days when the Raptors and Cavs were both the class of the Eastern Conference. They're not anymore, but still Chris is a wonderful guy, and you're going to enjoy today's episode as we go through the Eastern Conference and try to pick where each team is going to finish coming into the year. That's coming up in just one second. Oh, because like, when I shot it, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. Uh...
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's going on, Sean Woodley here uh, from Locked On Raptors, joined by Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs. Chris, how's it
2: going, man? It's been a while. And you know, it's going good. It feels good that uh, we're getting to do this. The people obviously have been, you know, demanding that we bring this back. You know, there's been an outcry from from the from the general public that you and I vibe through the East. We talk about this weird conference. This guy, I just did an over unders pod, uh, just kind of with you know, just kind of waiting our way through and kind of did a little draft of that with some folks. And I still don't know what I think of this conference. I think it Mm -hmm. is, uh, there are two teams I think are really good. And then the rest, I'm just like, I have no, I, you could convince me of a lot of different things. So I'm like, I'm excited to, to see what you think about a lot of this.
0: Yeah, so we are going to dive into one through 15 of the Eastern Conference and just kind of, you know, hit on every team, hit on what we thought about their offseason, hit on where we think their sort of range of outcomes will be. But of course, we'll start with the two teams that we cover, Chris, because you got to start with the big stuff off top. Let's start with the Cavs, because the Cavs have been, I think, the busier team this offseason. The Raptors had some high profile losses, in particular one high profile loss in Kyle Lowry. But, you know, the Cavs have been wheeling and dealing all over the place. They obviously picked high. They had Evan Mobley come to them at number three. They have signed Lord Larry Markkinen in a sign and trade for some reason that I don't understand. And they traded away Larry Nance in the process, which seems like a downgrade to me. But who am I to say what Kobe Altman is doing? Um, let's just dive into the Cavs here, Chris. Was their offseason good? Are you happy with what they've done? Obviously, they're more talented and, like, better set up for the future than they were when the off season began because they got Evan Mobley. But where are you at with sort of the way the team has been built here? Because, you know, Colin Stexon's still there. Ben Simmons rumors still fly around, even though I don't really see how much that makes a lot of sense. It's been a bizarre (laughs) off season.
2: (laughs) Kevin love for Ben Simmons. Who says no, Sean, who says no? I mean, maybe the Cavs at this point. I don't know. Nah, it seems nah, like nah, nobody nah. wants nah. Ben Simmons. But <laughs> no one, no one wants Kevin Love either. Um, I just don't that, know
0: why the Cavs would want to break up the Larry Market and Kevin Love three-four combination. I mean, They're like real Andrea Bargnani playing the three look, potential when you could putt- I love
2: when you could potentially play Jared Allen, Larry Market, and Kevin Love Taco Fall and Dean Wade all together at the same time. Like you got to do it. You know, Absolutely, like you, yeah. you got to do it. Um <laughs> I tend to, th- I, I'm a little lower than, them than I was at the end of last season at this point. Like, I, I think they're going to miss Nance. I think, like, as a guy who moved the ball well, a guy who defends really well, is versatile. Obviously, some health concerns that he's had, I think, throughout his career that kind of limits sort of his effectiveness. But, like, I, I think Mark a better shooter. And I think that's like, you can talk yourself into that making sense. I liked the Rubio trade. Uh, just I think they needed that kind of veteran guy to kind of be a good backup point guard. I think Moby's well, just going to take some time. Like, I, I just think he's really skinny. Like this team, the infrastructure is not there to kind of let him just sort of get into a clean role and then like expand out of it organically. Like it's, it's, he's going to get a lot thrown at him, I think. And I, I'm curious to see how he handles it. Like maybe he exceeds expectations, but this is going to be a really young team. Um, if we're placing them sort of in tiers, I, I tend to, I, I thought maybe at the end of last year, I thought, okay, if they get some growth, if they kind of, kind of can make a couple of meaningful acquisitions and keep the, the the core of this roster intact, like maybe this is a, a team that can kind of, make a run at a playing spot next year, right? Like that's, I think like the leveling up you're hoping for. And I'm a little less optimistic now that that is realistic. I just don't know if the talent is there for that this year, unless like Darius Garland takes a massive leap. If, if Mobley is just like incredible from new and like, there are things that could propel you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think this is a really young team that has good players that is still like a year away, and especially with like teams like Chicago really like at trying to improve. Uh, Boston, like you have teams in that seven to ten range that I think all are on paper should be better, including two teams that were outside of that top ten in Chicago and Toronto that I think on paper are definitely better than the Caps. Sure. So I, I think it's an uphill battle for them. If I'm putting them in a tier, I think they're in that bottom three, uh, but I would place them where they finished last year, thirteenth. Um, just, but in that bottom three tier of Orlando and Detroit and, and if things, if injuries happen, if everything goes sideways for whatever reason, like this, this could be a really, really, really bad team again.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing with the Cavs is that it's a lot better than it used to be. I remember a couple years ago during the 2019-20 season watching a Raptors-Cavs New Year's Eve game and thinking this Cavs team is one of the worst basketball teams I've ever seen. Like they just have no idea what they're doing at any point. That Raptors team was just like full of dad energy and they were just absolutely pasting the Cavs whenever they played during that kind of stretch. They're better than that now, and, and I'm excited to see what Mobley's gonna do. I think a kind of got slept on as a really good rookie last season. I'm excited for what he can do potentially down the line as well. The Sexton thing is kind of this weird, like elephant in the room that I'm not sure how to really reckon with. But like if he is scoring 20-something points for you on reasonable efficiency, that's not a bad guy to have on your team, even if they've kind of telegraphed that maybe they don't want him around anymore. Well, I just I think yeah. I think
2: that was a little bit of CAA being like we want to get our guy paid. And I think you've Fair. seen some of that like <laughs> Like, I think you've just, I think they've seen like what like happened with Dennis Schroeder where it's like the market can just fall out of the bottom on you. And that that is a really tricky thing. So, yeah. Well, either way,
0: I, I think I'm with you. I think the Cavs, I would put in that sort of bottom tier. I think Orlando, Detroit, you know, those are two very different bad teams. I'm going to enjoy watching Detroit this season. I can't say the same for Orlando. I think the Cavs will be kind of somewhere in the middle and Mobley is probably going to be worth the price of admission alone. So maybe that's enough to kind of keep people happy and satiated in Cleveland, as far as the Raptors go, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, like, you fire your question for me uh, about yeah. the Raptors. Because, like, you know, I've been talking about this team in all different ways, and I, I feel like maybe I've kind of gotten stuck in my ways of the way I've looked at them. So I'm excited for an outside
2: perspective. Grill me on the Raptors, Chris. So I, I, t- I this is what I, I took. I was, I was, I felt very bad for them last year just because, like, I think spending a year in Tampa during COVID sounds awful. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> Like, Florida, not, hot take, not a place I'd want to be right now. Not a place I'd want to, like, have to live where part of my job is, like, not getting the coronavirus pre the the vaccine rollout and everything, right? Like, that is just an incredibly tricky place to be when your yeah. lives are delimited. I don't think – it didn't seem like they were ever comfortable or happy, mm-hmm. right? So I'm guessing, like, I want to ask you, like, how much of last year for Toronto was – like a, a, a natural step back with like Lowry getting a little older, like you kind of in a transition year of some sort. And then obviously, like that, that is now gone where, you know, Kyle is on the heat now. Like, you, you know, you bring in uh, Scotty Barnes, you, your Dragic is in there, some slight roster changes, but the core of aside from Lowry is still sort of there. Nick Nurse is still there. So, how much of last year's struggles are, hey, like weird year, just we got kind of hit by this bizarre year. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to bounce back in some ways. And how much is it just like this is a the, the the Raptors are in the middle of kind of progressing into whatever is next?
0: Yeah, it's weird because like it is definitely a transitional type season coming up. Like you lose Kyle Lowry, you draft Scotty Barnes fourth overall. Like there's gonna be, I think, a bit of a heightened you know, focus put on player development and kind of playing the long game here but i also think they can be really good in the process and they've kind of mastered this over the last decade or so of both developing and competing at the same time and it's not easy to do but they kind of have like the established core and the sort of shadow core in place to kind of do that right now you know it's weird because i think during last season, most Raptors fans kind of agreed, Oh, like this is clearly a fake season. This is stupid. They've gone one in 13 in March because their three best players missed the entire month with COVID, and they're, yeah. you know, they don't have any center play. You know, they lose Gasol and Ibaka for a well, I think, thought out gamble at the potential of maybe landing Giannis in the summer of 2021. Yeah. Even though it didn't happen, I still think you line up yourself to be in position to strike if that can happen. And, and I think it was a gamble worth making, but that clearly, obviously. It hurt them when it came to center depth they went from 48 minutes of good center play to like four minutes of good center play and that was with the minutes when og and Obi slid down and played the five like it was brutal and then you know by the end of the season that things have gotten so far off the rails and they were so depleted and so injured and so racked with covid that i don't think anything in the last couple of months really means anything for this team other than the fact that they brought kem birch in and he looked like the best center they've had since uh Chris Bosh uh, in some moment, in some moments, or at least it felt like that in comparison to Aaron Baines. And so, yeah, yeah it, it's they're going to be not the sort of top four Eastern Conference contender that we kind of know them to be since 2013. Like they're going to, I think, struggle at times this year. It's going to be more of a hope they can get into the play in type of thing, but. I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. And I think there's lots of reason to think that they were a pretty good team in disguise last year that just kind of ran into circumstance more than anything. I mean, they turned their season around in the middle after a really brutal start, a two and eight start. They ended up pulling to 17 and 17. And that was the time where they were playing small ball and they were really leaning into okay, we have all these like weird sort of gangly forwards and we have lots of good guard play. Let's just. Lean into it and play small, and they did, and they won a ton of games. And then, covet hit their team after they had beaten the Sixers and the Bucks twice over the course of a week, and then everything was lost. And, and so, yeah, you lose Kyle Lowry, you lose some of that sort of, um, you know, cachet that you would have had, mm-hmm. but. At the same time, like Fred Van Vliet's a very good player, Pascal Siakam quietly had a very good season last year and really returned to form by season's end. But because narrative, people still kind of assume, Oh, Pascal's just the guy from the bubble and nothing else, and all he does is spin, which is obviously stupid. And then you have OG Ananobi, who's kind of like the wild card in all this. And he, if he kind of makes good on the increased usage and stabilized efficiency that he showed in the back part of last season, you're looking at a guy who could really kind of change the floor and ceiling of this team. So. Yeah, it's not going to be the same as it's been, but I don't think it's going to be bad. And the lack of expectation going in kind of makes it fun and interesting. I'd kind of peg them 7 to 10 in the Eastern Conference. I kind of think they're going to be in the play-in one way or another, whether they're hosting it, whether they're you know going on the road to play somewhere. I think either way, they feel like a play-in team to me. Am I overestimating, do you think, what the
2: Raptors can be? I, th- I think I like the infrastructure. Like I love Van Vliet. I love OG has wanted to become one of my favorite sort of kind of non like star star guys. Um, you have Siakam pilled me where I'm just convinced that he's like fine um, and good. And like, we should stop like freaking out over stuff. Sometimes <laughs> um, the center. play. I mean, if you just get good center play, I think that's the thing. I, I guess like, I wonder like is Malachi Flynn like ready? Like I kind of, I just like, I just thought Suggs felt like such a Raptors guy and mm. like, I wonder if, like, I wonder what Barnes is giving you in year one. Like, I think he's really interesting. He was really when I saw him in summer league. Like, he was much longer than I realized, and he's um, enormous.
0: He's yeah, he's just like
2: a, a freakishly <laughs> long dude. And like, like, there's some very fun stuff you can do with that. But I, I wonder, like, is, you know, is Flynn ready? Like, what does sort of involve in you? Like, there's there are questions that I think that are fair, but like, you have Nick Nurse, a really good coach. The, the infrastructure. There, I think th- I would just say that I would guess that the a uh, uh, ill time injury to Van Vliet. Um, center play not coming together, like, you know, OG regressing in some way. Like what, if there are things that don't break, I think the margin for error for them to like not be a playing team, it feels there to me, right? Like, yeah, this this is just a franchise that I I think is very well run. Probably the most impactful thing they did this summer is like, well, get Messiah to stick around. Like, that's probably the biggest thing that they, they did in terms of keeping Mm -hmm. that infrastructure in place. But it's like, look at all these other teams except for Washington like in that you know uh, seven to ten range so boston washington indiana charlotte charlotte you're betting on like year two of lamello like and some upside there like there's some there's some riskiness there but there's a lot of upside there indiana brings a rick carlisle like has a very good stable of talent as well washington has beal at the very least and we'll see if some of the changes they've made at coach and bringing in dinwiddie and, and things sort of help them boston obviously new coach change up the roster a little bit we'll see if they can kind of and and not Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum also had COVID and was yeah. like a 22 year old man like ha- ravaged by it so like problem for them yeah. Boston at 11 like spent a bunch of money in hopes of just like being better and getting Lonzo and Demar and and obviously traded for Vooch last year so like I I think the margin for error is not it it's thin I think for these teams and like it's the same reason why I think the Cavs are a little bit lower and like why they're playing odds are kind of unlikely because. I think that seven to like 11 range, seven to 12 range is not, you know, particularly like none of these teams are going to win the title, but they're all solid in their own ways. And a lot of them have made it a real attempt at leveling up in a way that I think Cleveland and Toronto in different ways really, really haven't in this offseason. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, and I think we should maybe pivot our attention to that sort of 7 through 15-ish range, because that's where both of our teams figure to fall in in the Eastern Conference. We'll get to those teams in just one second here, Chris, but first we should tell the people about Sweat Block. I don't know about you, Chris, but I sweat a lot, dude. It's bad. Yeah. It's a problem. It's messy, and I uh, have to choose my shirts based on that very fact, and it's annoying as hell. But either way, don't, don't worry about it, because Sweat Block is here with their antiperspirant, wipes they have a dry shirt guarantee if sweat block doesn't keep you dry you get your money back and this is the answer for people who sweat excessively it is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants you simply apply sweat block at night before bedtime go to bed the next morning you wake up wash and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed i know this is going to sound too good to be true but i am literally a sweat block customer now and i have rave reviews it's working wonderfully i can wear all of my shirts in public now it's fantastic all of my shirts are so happy they get to see the light of day and not just be inside my dingy little apartment. Although this isn't that dingy, I guess the natural light in here is kind yeah, of yeah, don't, right. don't
2: undersell yourself. It's, it's
0: <laughs> a given apartment, Sean. Nice, nice. Well, day. thank you so much, Chris. It's very appreciated. And sweat block is appreciated by me as well. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirts based on which one will have sweat better. If you or somebody you love deals with excessive sweating like I do. I don't know if we, do we ask Chris, Chris, do you sweat, sweat excessively? Oh, absolutely.
2: Like Perfect. Sweatblock is a game changer Their stick the odor and also a game changer. And when we got that little mm-hmm. host back, Oh, wonderful, wonderful stuff from our friends at Sweatblock.
0: Absolutely. And you have to check them out to just get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon
2: and CVS. Got to also tell you about our friends at stat hero and look, did you know 85% of people play fan play daily fantasy sports lose? I am I am among that number. I lose yep, all the time. You too. Yep, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm the like I'm the George Kittle in terms of 85 of losing in DFS. And it's is that really surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of, of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. So that's why I'm introducing stat hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning in with reach. Here's how it works. Stat hero shows you their lineups and dares you to be them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. It's, you name the stakes. It is winner take all. It's like the game seven of DFS here. And you have the advantage. here is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in control. Stat is DFS the way it was meant to be, one on one. So play Stat here now and change the odds. Sean, I I mean, DFS really hard. Stat here's yeah. a better way to do it.
0: Yeah. Instead of going against a bunch of bots, you are up against <laughs> an, just the one person, one site, one sentient being that's picked a lineup and you just have to beat it. It seems pretty good to me. It's like yeah. tossing a coin. That's good odds, right? 50-50? I would take those odds any day at a casino or in some sort
2: of betting fashion. Yes. Go to statherd.com and sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. All right, Chris, let's uh, continue on here, shall we?
0: And run through 7 through 15 or ish. You know, we won't have to spend all this time on all these teams. We've kind of already talked about Detroit and Orlando they're probably going to be 14, 15. Yeah. Very so, rebuilding yeah, that, ass that, teams. That, like, do you have yeah, any sort no, of blocks, I, quick I, uh, stray
2: ideas on them? I like on our on the over under pot I did, I like hammered the under in both of those teams. I think they're yeah. both going to be really bad. And I think Orlando might be the worst team in the league.
0: Yeah. They're just like, I'm glad that they have leaned into rebuilding for sure. It's a long overdue, like five years overdue, probably. But, it's just still like a mismatch of forwards who can only play defense and guards who were unsure if they can shoot. And it's just young teams lose a lot of games. And this is about as young as a team gets. So yeah, I don't have terribly high hopes for the magic. I think the reason I'm a little higher on the Pistons is that at least their like lineup constructions make sense. Like you can envision like a Cade, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, you know beef stew lineup that makes a lot of sense and like is actually yeah. maybe like a positive on the floor. It's where the rest of the roster comes in that's probably going to be an issue. But also, I, also I is think Killian the structure Hayes there good? is
2: nice? Is I Killian Hayes know. good? I don't know Who's if he's to say? good. We that's don't the know. Thing. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like. Kate, I think is going to be great. Uh, I loved Isaiah Stewart when I watched him last year. Jeremy Grant had a great year last year. Sadiq Bey obviously was pretty impressive. I just, I Killian Hayes is just like a massive question mark for me. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they finished head of the Cavs, to be honest with you. If Cade is just yeah. like phenomenal and the Cavs just like kind of don't gel and like have some Cavsy kind of chaos to them, and like, like let's say like J.B. Biggerstaff gets fired and the vibes just tank, and yeah. like that, that feels like a Cavs thing, you know? And like yeah. Dwayne Casey, I feel like is a very steady ship in what's going on in Detroit right now.
0: Dwayne Casey, good coach. Uh, You will hear no other sentiment about Dwayne Casey than that. For me, you know, playoff series against the Cavs, notwithstanding,
2: uh, it's LeBron's fault. It's not (laughs) Dwayne Casey's fault, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't (laughs) know. I don't know what you do there, man. It's just like, like, what? What are you supposed to do? Yeah,
0: I mean, not. Having C.J. Miles guard Kevin Love in the post was maybe job number one, but we don't need to denigrate Dwayne <laughs> Casey. He's wonderful. He's going to do a really good job with that young Pistons team, and I think the structure they have quite Hey, Cavs, is quite Cavs nice. legend C.J. Miles, sir. You put some <laughs>
2: respect on that name.
0: Uh, so we're kind of, I think, in agreement that at 13, we'll probably see the Cavs there. And then I think, like, 12 through 7, you know, I said the Raptors' range of outcomes was 7 through 10. It's probably 7 through 12, more realistically. Mm-hmm. And the teams in that range are many there's the hornets there's the bulls there's the wizards there's the raptors there's the pacers i guess you could throw in like maybe the celtics as well the knicks still exist too i keep forgetting about the knicks existing and not being an embarrassing garbage show although i kind of think maybe we start with them i think we could see a bit of a drop back to earth for the knicks a little bit this season like last year was nice was wonderful julius randall was a wonderful story I am not entirely in love with what they did with their offseason, like Evan Fournier, mm. okay? And I just, I kind of feel like as much as everybody loves Tibbs and as much as, you know, people are so in on Tibbs in year one, maybe that messaging gets a little bit sort of dullened over the course of time. And also I think like so many teams were bizarrely afflicted by COVID last season. The Knicks kind of got by scot-free and it felt like their really impressive five seed or four seed, whatever they ended up being, was kind of built off of the misfortune of other teams more than of the Knicks being really great. My whole thing with the Knicks last season was I thought they were more effectively annoying than actually good, and I'm not sure if that holds up when the playing field is a little bit more even or there are fewer teams that are kind of dealing with COVID stuff all season long. Am I too low on everybody's favorite team, the New York Knicks, Chris?
2: So I I think there's a case that they're like be a little they'll be fine just because like Fournier is upgrading over like some kind of eh guard play right like it's not like they were getting like robust guard play from like Reggie Bullock who I, who I like but like I think Fournier is an upgrade um, at least in the regular season I like Kemba Walker we don't know exactly you are getting there but like he should be better than Alfred Payton who's like not yeah. good you know yeah. what I mean like. Sure. I I, th- I think there are things about their roster that, like, I can see it where they're, like, stable-ish from last year. I don't think this is, like, a championship team. And, like, if Miami is better in the regular season, if Boston, who I guess of these, like, teams, I kind of am going to make – just because I think the Jays are both really good. I And if, if Udoka hits as a coach, like, I think there could be, like, a leap there from Boston just because they have those two really, really good wing players. And we'll see what kind of happens at the point guard spot and everything. But, like, I just think there's some upside on that team. And, like, maybe New York is still, like – Sliding a little bit, but like I, I also just think they like even if the long-term roster building is a little wonky because like you you paid Fournier a bunch of money, like like I can see like just improvement at those positions manifesting themselves in a certain way, and like sometimes like I think with the coaching thing, it's like Tibbs could wear himself out in like three four years with this team, but like it seemed like it resonated last year. Um, the guys that really helped Julius Randle, I think Kenny Payne is the assistant coach who worked with him at Kentucky and then now works with him but with the Knicks. is very well thought of. Uh, like that, like the infrastructure still feels there to me. And then, and it doesn't feel like they, I don't feel like there's prime for a step back. I think the team in this range that I feel like the most conflicted about is probably just Washington because like, I don't know what you're getting out of Spencer Dinwiddie post ACL post a year off. Um, you know, what is Wes Sunsell junior like as a coach? Like, I think for, like, again, like another offensive minded assistant that should like modernize what Scott Brooks was doing, but like, what does that look like? I th- I think all these teams have questions and. But I tend to think that the Knicks sort of might be okay. I I kind of think it's interesting that like we didn't lump Atlanta in with this like ma- a mass in the middle.
0: Yeah, I just think Atlanta's really good. And I was a skeptic last year, but yeah. like seeing them in the playoffs and just how many good players they have. It's yes. just like endless good players at all times. And they were missing a few of said good players in the playoffs last year last season for you know, various times. DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan misses missed some time. I just like I think Atlanta is going to be like a final segment kind of team where we dig into the sort of top of the East. I just think like, I don't know, they feel like a team that's going to rack up a lot of wins, even if maybe they have like a ceiling in the postseason. Uh, You know, back to my next point, just for a sec. I I think Mm -hmm. as much as I like Walker and Fournier as quote unquote upgrades for the team, those two guys do not at all fit like Tom Thibodeau's play defense like maniacs type of scheme. And that's where I have a little bit of concern that maybe they kind of, In the interest of upgrading talent lose the identity that got them to where they got last year and that's why i'm a little bit concerned i just you know and maybe i need another year to believe that julius randall is an all-nba player i guess i i'm just a skeptic and i I think years and years of the knicks like you know toying with being good and then becoming an embarrassment to short order that's kind of you know maybe poisoned my brain here a little bit let me ask you this chris so Mm -hmm. We've kind of lumped all these teams, 7 through 12, into, into a group. We don't have to go into detail on all these teams because we don't have time for that. But if you had to pick right now, assuming 13, 14, 15 in some orders, Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, if you had to pick right now the two teams that miss out on the play-in from this massive teams, just you know, gut instinct reaction, who do you have
2: missing out and being in those 11 and 12 spots? Washington is one. Yeah. Yeah and then i think i would get it down to charlotte or toronto for the other yeah fair enough i think just, i but i yeah. don't feel good about the toronto one i mean i like it's like i like charlotte i think james Borrego is a really good coach LaMelo ball rocks like they have yeah. like their infrastructure is also good like they have a bunch of good players it's just like this is competitive um I guess Indiana is, like, also, like, another risky one because, like, yeah, if, they're like weird, Brog- if Brogdon gets hurt, if Levert get who has injury concerns the past, gets hurt, if Carlisle just, like, doesn't mesh with this group right away, like, that's a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the one I feel the most sure about as a cop-out into here is just Washington as yeah. far as them missing. Because I think Chicago, like, definitely should be better. And yeah. I don't know if I think Wash. Washington- I think all these teams have a case to be better in some ways. Washington, I don't know what their case to be necessarily better is aside from like improvement in certain spots and stuff
0: yeah i think washington i would put in there too like beals amazing and you mentioned like maybe west unself comes in and fixes the offense a little i don't think the offense is really the problem there it's the fact that they have exactly zero good defenders on that team and i don't know where they're getting stops from i guess hachimura became a pretty good defender last season but if you know hachimura is the anchor of your defense that's probably going to be an issue so i'm going to say yeah i would say the wizards 12 and then for me, yeah, I think Toronto, Charlotte, Indiana are kind of the three that'll be fighting for that spot. I, I think I kind of trust Toronto's like defensive floor. I, I trust quite Nick a Nurse more. Nick Nurse is also a good coach. And my thing with the Pacers is like, yes, Nate Bjorken was a bad coach for lots of different reasons, but if one of the things that the Pacers didn't like was the fact that he yelled a lot. Uh, They're not going to like Rick Carlisle either. Uh, It's like, yeah, but but they're kind of replacing like with just like a more intense like version with maybe some of the less problematic parts involved.
2: Yeah, well, like has won a title, and they are getting TJ Warren back, and like so, it's like I wonder if there's just like. A little more. I don't know. I, I, yeah, that could just be like extremely goofy and weird. A lot of these teams could be extremely goofy and weird. Like the Celtics. Yeah. Like we haven't really like. It's weird for you and I to go through a Celtic. Hi, John Krause if you're watching. Hello. Yeah. But like for for us to go through a, a pod here and not like kind of not really like throw some stuff at Boston because like. Like, it's kind of wild that they're, like, trying to put the Al Horford thing, like, back, like, and the Al Horford magic, like, back in the bottle, so to speak, yeah. as, like, <laughs> as, like, a fix. And, like, Robert Williams, like, has to prove that he can play more in, like, 20 minutes a game and stay healthy and still be effective. Yeah. Like, there are questions there. It's just sort of, like, hand gestures at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like... Yeah, they're like, very good. Like, yeah. the Jays are good, so... Like, I would
0: say, the, of this, like, if we're lumping them into the 7 through 12 range, I would say that the most likely team to finish in the top six i think that's fair and i think the bulls are probably in that like those those are like the six seven teams to me and maybe we should pivot to those teams and uh tell people about a a lovely sponsor before we do that chris and that lovely sponsor today is rockauto.com i don't know about you chris but i'm a dumb dumb when it comes to cars i have no idea what i'm talking about i don't Uh, know where things go i went to the mechanic on uh what day was it friday I don't know, I got an oil change, and I'm lucky that nothing was wrong with the car, because I would have gotten fleeced, surely, if a part needed replacing, because I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know what parts go together, they tell me how things all work, and it just goes through one ear and at the other, but Rock Auto is here for the do-it-yourselfers, the people the, at home, sort of worried about mechanics, fleecing them, and everyone in between, and they are making you save a lot of money on parts. It's it's just as easy as that. They are a family-owned business. They've been doing it for 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. And it's not just prices. You get choice with rockauto.com. Most mechanics will have one version of the part you need, whereas Rock Auto is going to have brand specifications, prices to choose from, and you get to pick the part that works best for your budget and for your vehicle. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about Boxes. Know that we sent you amazing selection,
1: reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at RockAuto.com.
0: All right, Chris, let's round this out and uh, go through, I guess, the contender class of the Eastern Conference. Obviously, the defending champion Bucks are there. The Nets are there. The Heat are there after their offseason moves, I would say, if a little bit of a tier lower. The Hawks are there. The Sixers are there, I think. Who knows? I don't know what's going
2: on in Philly at all. I (laughs) I think that's a good place to start because I firmly have two teams that are in the top of the top, and that's Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just because of like the Ben Simmons stuff, like and what I don't like, I don't know like what that even looks like, like is like how to sort of suss it out. I only have two teams in that very, very top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Brooklyn like should overwhelmingly be the favorite to win the NBA title. this Yeah, year.
0: they're insane. They should they're easily rid- walk. Abs- if they don't, yeah. it's kind of an embarrassment.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous like how much talent that team has, assuming they're healthy and everything. And Milwaukee won the title. And like, I'm like, Giannis rocks and like i love drew and i love middleton and that team's really good so i don't like have like much to say about those two other than like i think they're the best too mm-hmm. so like i philly won the conference last year they had the best record in the east and bead is amazing yep i just like the the simmons thing of it all is just, sort of just like i like are you gonna be able to trade him can you like put him in like like philly seems like the worst city to like have him like show up and play in front of
0: yeah, <laughs> as this is
2: going on. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. doesn't seem like good for anybody. Like the, 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 whatever is going on there, even though like, I think doc's a good coach. Like I, I like a lot of the guys they have like Seth Curry, obviously was very good for them last year. Um, like, I, I don't know what to do. The the Simmons thing just makes the Sixers just like this amalgam of chaos in my head almost. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can totally envision the the image now. Like, game one of the season, Ben T- Simmons comes out of the tunnel and they're throwing wet sandwiches at him. You know, the, whatever they sell in Philly, whatever greasy nonsense sandwiches they have. Cheese steaks are garbage. Anyway. Uh, wow. <laughs> just throwing a, a Philly uh, mm-hmm. hate today. But that's fine. It's buried in the back segment. Maybe all the Philly people have tuned out. Um, but, yeah, it's like even if Simmons comes back, I think Embiid gives you – like a high enough floor that you're going to be in the sort of home court advantage conversation anyway, like he's that good and they have enough other guys on that team. You know, maybe you get some, you know, improvement from Maxie if he's still there, I guess. And Feibel, maybe (laughs) learns how to shoot a jumper once. And then, you know, maybe Jaden Springer who God, I love Jaden Springer around draft time. Maybe he comes in and is like a surprise rookie. If you're hanging your hopes on Jaden Springer, not the best thing probably, but Embiid is so good that it kind of is hard to talk about this team and i guess you know you've your team's been involved in the simmons conversations the raptors i guess have been tangentially tied to them the blazers as well is there a single simmons trade that that has been sort of circulated out there that if it goes down you would say oh yeah the sixers are markedly better because I think there's probably a couple out there, but it's hard to find them, and you of course need both teams to say yes to them, which is obviously the big stumbling block here. Because the Sixers are asking for a, a ridiculous ransom for yeah. their extremely depreciated uh, player.
2: Well, and like th- their window is like right now. You a Joel Embiid now? Like you need to yeah. go now. Uh, I don't think the Cavs offer makes them better. No. Um, if indiana were to do like brogdon as like a centerpiece i think that would probably make them better just because like you'd get that ball creation stuff um and then you'd have simmons sabonis and turner playing together in a front court that would drive everybody insane look caitlin (laughs) cooper would get to write about it and we get to hear tony's talk about it and that's That's like enough that's that's just i I profit they suffer i profit Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. what's the toronto offer
0: there is no Toronto offer, it doesn't make any sense. There's not a Toronto offer like th- this. Is we talked about this on
2: last week's podcast. You can go because, like, and they would want they would, like. they would want Van Vliet, and like, why the hell would Toronto give up? Van Vliet Yeah, for the
0: Raptors thing? are not trading Fred Van Vliet in the year where they've just lost Kyle Lowry as well. This is a team that cares about culture, they care about you know passing the baton and all this stuff. Trading Van Vliet for Ben Simmons, who's just going to create more headaches. Is by no means the move. They're not that committed to vision six foot nine to go in and the, trade away the yeah. guy
2: who has the keys <laughs> to the franchise for uh, guys that
0: they're not sure if they can give the keys to.
2: Um, yeah, it's not like the Kawhi thing where it's like okay, like you know, yeah, we're we're going for a title. Like the the Ben Simmons acquisition doesn't like take you to like a title window right there. I guess I like know. it's just like just trade him for McCollum. At this yeah. point and then like I think that I think that or Brogdon would probably make them a little better or at least function a little bit better I guess like if the Kings were willing to like do some of the the stuff they were like one of those go- I guess like it would have to be you would think it would probably be Halliburton and yeah. like heel I think that would probably make them better too just because the shooting is always necessary around and beat and stuff so sure. but it's like those three ones like if the Cavs offer is like Sexton I guess you're dumping Love's contract somewhere and like because you got to make the money work like I don't like I think Sexton's good. I don't think he's like the DNA of player you kind of need around Embiid to as like a no. shooter creator type. Like I think it's Brogdon more th- is like the archetype, and then McCollum and and Halliburton and and Heald. Um, yeah. Well, you
0: don't like the Colin Sexton Andre Drummond tandem, Chris? You got a fan? You <laughs> Look, don't think I, that can help spearhead the Sixers uh, run to a title.
2: HR is HR here? Can I? Can I? <laughs> can, can I? Can I like? Call HR and bring them in here to to mediate because uh boy uh forgot Andrew Drum was on the Sixers and that made that makes me infinitely lower <laughs> <laughs> in the East because he's not a, he's not that good um yeah so would you have Milwaukee or or my or sorry excuse me Atlanta or Miami
0: ooh good question I would say I would have Atlanta I think I'd have Atlanta three in terms of Eastern Conference regular oh, season standings okay, okay. I think I have my sort of standings would go nets bucks then atlanta because i just think they have a lot of good players and will just win a lot of games and like the run they went on after they hired mcmillan last season was pretty impressive and would have translated into like a 50 something plus win team Mm -hmm. i think four. i guess i'll put the sixers for now which is like a big stupid question mark and then the heat probably five although i think the heat are probably the third most playoff yeah dangerous team in the eastern conference at this point <laughs> if that Which, makes
2: sense we're like a cliche of ourselves in agreeing with that because like the heat the heat culture the heat playoff thing is like but it's like yeah like I have if, kyle
0: lowry he's very yeah, good they have kyle like the, the lowry he's on
2: that team now kyle <laughs> kyle jimmy and bam is like annoying as hell to play in a playoff yeah series. and then pj
0: tucker just like shooting one three a game and defending <laughs> everybody like a monster like yeah, yeah uh, that's gonna be a good team
2: like yeah and like if tyler hero bounces back at all like you have another useful guard like the the dna of a really good team is is definitely there um and like
0: i think their lack of depth could hurt them yes in
2: the regular season wins wise but like
0: when you get to the playoffs and you're playing seven guys anyway they have seven very good guys yeah they're
2: all they're all like kind of old like lowry and uh and pj are both kind of old and like i mean like they're still using a roster spot on um on on udonis and like markeith morris was like a offseason acquisition for them, so like. I also just feel like they're a team that like someone random is just gonna end up like mattering for them in a way that we're just like it just happens like oh, yeah, like, like Gabe Vincent or something like that yeah yeah, yeah
0: like someone <laughs> we're not
2: talking about now is just like oh Max like, no.
0: Struess becomes
2: like uh, yeah the new Clay Thompson or something garbage like that yeah I mean I mean <laughs> may, like I mean maybe they can maybe they actually can rehabilitate Victor Oladipo which feels like a massive if I obviously. forgot Oladipo
0: still there too yes
2: <laughs> yeah but it's like they have Bam Jimmy. Like if you're looking like a playoff rotation, it's Lowry, Bam, Jimmy, uh, Oladipo. You would think Duncan Robinson, yeah. PJ Tucker, Tyler Hero, and then like you know you have Dwayne Dedman is like a backup center, and yeah. Marquise Morris is around. Like you have like the Tesla comes in for punches, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? You have like seven guys that are like proven dudes, and like if yeah. if Oladipo, if Oladipo is like healthy or like eighty percent of healthy or whatever he can be at this point like there's a clear role for him to just be like rad and then being really annoying to play and like that's and like again spolster i think spolster is probably the best coach in the league and like has been very good he's very Mm -hmm. good and like they're they're gonna be annoying as hell to play they're just like i i i mean like i I think a little of the shine feels rubbed off because the bucks just kind of handled those demons last year in the playoffs and just kind of cruised by them um but like I, yeah, I just kind of think like, yeah, they'll, barring injury and barring like age catching up with Kyle or, or PJ or, Mm -hmm. you know, like if they get a freak injury to Jimmy or, or Bam, like, I, They'll probably be really, really good. But I you know tend who's to never think you right, like, the Bucks in the
0: playoffs is uh, Kyle
2: Lowry. He usually uh, torments them hilariously. Actually, yeah, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Lowry, very good. But I, I agree with you. I think I, I tend, I agree with you on that. That order too. I think I go Brooklyn, mm-hmm. then Milwaukee, then Atlanta, and then like slide the Sixers in a four just because of the weirdness around that team right now, mm-hmm. and then the Heat after that. And then we have two teams to talk about
0: here, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Uh, the Bulls and the Celtics. We kind of lumped the Celtics into the seven through twelve. Didn't really lump the Bulls in there. Maybe that's by mistake. Maybe 6 through 12 is more the ac- or ac- the more accurate sort of clumping that we should be doing here. Where are you at on the Bulls, man? Because I uh, am, like, super excited about this team. They're going to be dumb and weird and never defend, and I think they're going to win a ton of regular season games and flame out hilariously in the postseason. And I just can't wait to watch it. I love this weirdo team that has just, like, said, you know what? We've been so bad for so long. We just want to be something respectable, and they've mm-hmm. gotten a whole lot of respectable players in the door, which is very nice and kind of refreshing, considering a lot of like the way people think about basketball is must-win titles or, t- or season is failure. I kind of like that the Bulls are going for How about we just like put out a good basketball team for the first time in a half decade? And I think they're going to do that. Where are you at, Bulls-Celtics? Do you have one higher than the other? Are they kind of in the same tier for you? Uh, what's your sort of read on
2: those two teams before we wrap up here? I'm going to go Boston ahead of them just okay. because I think Tatum is the best player in either team. Sure. And I, th- I just think the world of him and Jalen Brown and we'll see about the rest of it. And I, I just need to see what happens with the bulls. Like there's so much riding on Patrick Williams. Yeah. He is a massively important swing piece for them. Um, mm-hmm. Their roster is a little, still a little wonky. Like I like what is Kobe White's role in this team now? Sixth like, man, I mean, but they signed Caruso, and Caruso is better and, like, legitimately a yeah. very good defender who can shoot and, like, handle the ball a little bit for you. So, like, sure. I, I think, I, but I, it's, like, I like, I think Lonzo is, like, maybe, like, not underrated, but, like, is also, like, I think, Good, Damar, mm-hmm. I think as people that like, I could understand if you like didn't watch a lot of the Spurs the last couple of years. If you're just busy or like, you know, not like you're watching other teams or whatever, but you don't like, want
0: to watch uh, depressing thirty four win basketball. Yeah, look, I love Jakob <laughs> Pirtle, and,
2: and so like that's 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 my vibe right there. That's my um, dude too, man. Um, love Jakob. <laughs> um, but like Damar has become like a really good playmaker. Yeah, that he just like wasn't with Toronto. He just is yeah. now, and like if that carries over outside of San Antonio, like. They have the ingredients for a really good team. Levine's well, Levine is a ton of fun to watch. Um, but I, I kind of need to see it and I need to see what the defense looks like because like if Vooch is your backline center, yeah, and DeMar, for as much as good as he is, like isn't a great defender. Oh, he's Levine, terrible defender. Levine yeah. is not a good <laughs> defender. Like has improved maybe a little bit, but like isn't good. Like hmm. you're banking on like Lonzo and Patrick Williams, like holding up your defense, and that's like really hard. And then like, you know, again, what does the rest of the roster look like? Do they is there do you like do they? I mean, like, I, I'm asking just, I guess I have to like, do they miss Lori at all? Like, I, I don't know, but I, no. I, I tend, I mean, the sh- I just like the shooting and like some bulls people that I've talked to are like a little higher in him than I like I tend to be. And, uh, right, but I don't know, man. It's, it's quite a weird team in
0: a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, Vooch is just like a more comprehensive and better version of like a stretch five, right? Cause he does other things on top of shooting three as well. So I don't think they're going to miss marketing at all. I think I would put the Bill the Bull, the Bills, the Bulls ahead of the Celtics in the regular season, just because I think they'll pick up a lot of wins because they have, you know, a really high offensive ceiling. They might be like a top five offense in the league. I don't think that's crazy. And I think the Celtics are probably more of a playoff ready team, honestly. Like they have the two J's yes. after that. Like, I don't know if Dennis Schroeder is your vehicle to winning fifty five games. Oh, or I forgot like about that. Him. Yeah. So I would say, you know, I don't think the Celtics are gonna be like the lost cause they were last year. I think they're probably a, a pretty dangerous playoff team. And honestly, I could see both of these teams finishing ahead of Miami in the regular season and then Miami like winning a play-in game and just kind of going on a run of terror. But
2: um, you know, but it, but, there, that, but there has to yeah. I think there's gotta be incentive for all these teams to not be seven or eight or in the plane because you don't want to yeah. play Milwaukee or Brooklyn around one. You want no, Philly. Yeah. You want Philly, yeah. you want like Atlanta. Like you like yeah. those teams are good, but like you do not at all. To play Brooklyn or Milwaukee in round one, I don't think. I think you're avoiding no, no. those spots. Like, there are teams like the Cavs would throw a ticker tape parade if they could make the plane <laughs> and, get, and, and get slaughtered by please, the Bucks in round please one. Us, Daddy? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Grant Gilbert is commissioning art statues, <laughs> but like <sighs> NFTs, baby. But uh, like, <sighs> the other teams are going to be like, yeah. No, like we well, Miami to, has yeah. Miami has like no, like you should like unless like like there's a Giannis like knee sprain that yeah. he actually keeps him out. <laughs> like there's no reason to like if if James Harden just clubs for months and just doesn't look like James Harden or he gets hurt or something like then maybe or like Kyrie just get like whatever like maybe yeah. there's a little hole in in the in in that you can put yourself through but like I I can't imagine and it, like you should be actively trying to be the sixth seed at all at all costs I think if you're these yeah. teams. Because you're going to lose in round one otherwise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. It feels like a good point to leave the show off on, Chris. That was our traditional run through the Eastern Conference. Uh, lovely to do this again, buddy. Even though the Raptors and Cavs are not where they were in the standings when we started this annual or biannual tradition, it's lovely to
2: continue it on. Uh, where can people check out all of your wonderful work? Locked on Cavs, Forbes. Uh, d- folks over at Dime, where like I'm sure your Raptors readers already are reading Katie Heindahl's amazing work. It's just like a pleasure mm-hmm. to be her teammate over there. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of other places. I have a substack because I'm trying not to use the the dumb website that is twitter.com. So if you want to follow <laughs> my work, it's a good place to do it instead of going and following me on Twitter. Excellent.
0: Uh, sorry for putting your handle on the graphic that is the background nah, of the show. You know, uh, no, man, look, gotta get, gotta, follow get it. gotta use the brain. Don't yeah, follow, follow me it. and then
2: the, and give me that, give me that boost so I can like get like an homage, like influencer deal or something there
0: you go there you go uh yeah, that's gonna do it. you can find me of course at woodley sean uh in the next couple weeks my annual tradition of ranking every raptor is going to be back over at raptors hq probably next week we're looking at that so that's very exciting stuff uh and uh you can follow me on twitter at woodley sean you can see it on the page there uh, subscribe to the youtube page for both locked on raptors and locked on Cavs. it's much appreciated the subscribers are fantastic we're here 600 on locked on raptors so thank you so much to those who have smashed the subscribe button as we continue to push towards a thousand. Uh, that will do it though. We'll talk to you again with another episode of locked on Raptors or locked on calves, depending on which feed you're listening to it on in a day or two. I don't know when you're going next. I'm going on Wednesday. I'm not sure about you, Chris, I won't speak for you, but I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Thanks so much for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.